With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Hartman and Mobley. Catino, Cap Mobley in the house. There's my mic. My guy. It's so good to see you. Man, oh, man, oh, man. It's been a while since yeah, uh, we've done a, a radio show together. Cat my and my I, mentor uh, when it comes to that radio thing, I, did, I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. Man, I, there are so many things I've been thinking about, times we have shared on the air over the many years that we work together and, of course, known each other. We have a very busy Saturday today. Once again, a plethora of things happening in the world. we got a lot of NBA playoff talk. We're definitely going to get into Eastern Conference Finals. Resume today, the Heat and Celtics. That series that was 1-1 last night, wait. of course. Uh, Golden State up 2-0 with a big come from behind win against the Mavericks. But, Kat, you know, I, I share one of the most uh, amazing moments that you and I have ever shared. And it's we there are very few times, you know, you come in, you do a radio show, and you have a lot of things you want to talk about. And then all of a sudden, you get a curveball. And we had this back in 2019. We were here during the final round of the yeah. Masters. Yeah. When, oh, we um, watched that together we with did. Tiger. He won. Yes. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. It was amazing because that year, we would normally we would have been on during the middle of the round. Right. But because of weather, they moved everything up. Uh-huh. So instead of being on at the end of the round, we were actually we were on at the end of the round mm-hmm. instead of us in the middle of the round. And as we were watching down the stretch and all the things were falling Tiger's way, it was like, like he's going to actually win this thing. Yeah. And yeah. and I remember uh, Ralph Irvin, our buddy, who's a big golf guy, was doing the updates, and it was right after the round finished. It was so emotional, and you see – Tiger hugging his little son, and then his mom comes over right yeah. as I'm about to throw it to the update, uh-huh. and it just hit me like uh-huh. I mean, it, like the emotions. You know, my mom had just passed away the year before, yeah, yeah, and it was just that. like, whew. Um, so you know, here we are 
you know, three years later. Is that fast? And I like that phrase you just said right before we started. Yeah. Is it, who you said? Who you say? So who we were it? talking about, I was talking about my kids, who are not kids anymore. Obviously, they're young adults yeah, they're in their 20s. Your boys look like but, Thor. But this, <laughs> but this was, uh, this goes way back. Um, when Oral Hershiser was Hershiser, still pitching, was, still yeah. pitching with the New York mm-hmm. Mets at mm-hmm. the end of his career, and Oral and I were born the same year, and uh, his kids were older. I had two young boys. My right. daughter wasn't even born yet. So I don't know. We got into this conversation, man, it's so much with the boys and everything else. And he said something. It's always stuck with me. He says, when you have kids, the days are long, but the years are short. That's 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 such a... Uh... That's a stoic, like, days are long, years are short. And that's so true. Right, because, you know, as a parent, especially when you have young kids, there's no downtime from the opening bell to the closing bell. And it's day after day after day after day. There's full days. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you blink and it's like, I'm at the, you know, I'm at my kid's high school graduation. Right. Like, what just happened here? Right. right. I mean, we had, I was changing diapers and now here they are. So crazy. Uh, And that's where I am uh, as a parent out here. So, but I want to get into this tiger thing at the top of the show today and just get your general thoughts about this latest comeback by Tiger. I mean, this is a guy who, by all accounts, could have lost his life, considering the catastrophic nature of that car crash. Yeah. We still, and we'll never know the circumstances behind it. Mm-hmm. All we know is that there was his mangled body, his right leg shattered. I mean, his right leg was completely shattered, splintered. They thought he, he was never going to keep the leg, much less repair the leg. Somehow the doctors put it all back together, steel rods, everything else, and the thought that he was going to somehow play golf in a major golf championship a year later seemed preposterous. But mm-hmm. there he was at the Masters, had the great opening round. By the weekend, you could see he was laboring, but he got through the weekend. He made the cut. And then we see the same thing here at the PGA, which I didn't expect him to play the PGA. I knew he was going to play the Open at St. Andrews because mm-hmm. he wanted to go back there. That's in July but for him to come out to the PGA and gut it out yesterday to make a cut again, and then here's the problem. The temperature dropped from 90 degrees to 57 degrees today. Yeah. And when you've had spinal fusion on top of a shattered leg, yeah. cold weather is your enemy. And he labored today. He shot a 9 over 79. But what are your thoughts about this guy has nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. He has all the money in the world. He's already had the great comeback that you and I were eyewitness mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. three years ago when he won the Masters. He could have walked away and said, I did it. Coming back from four back surgeries, you know, spinal fusion to win the Masters. This latest comeback, to me, sort of defies logic. He's 46 years old. Most golfers are already done, obviously, at age 46. And I'm watching him today, and he's hurting, man. He can't do anything with a right leg. You, have, you actually have going back... All right, so I need to I I need right, I need to hear that. All right, so all right, so this was Thursday. Uh, let's let's get this clear. All right, Thursday was bad. Today was rough. I would like to hear what he had to say today because the weather did him no favors. But this was uh, Tiger on Thursday when a lot of people again thought, why is he playing in this PGA tournament? Here's what he had to say about the pain. Yeah, my leg is not not feeling as good as I would like it to be. We'll start the recovery process and get after it tomorrow. Well, I just can't load it. Loading hurts, and pressing off it hurts, and uh, walking hurts, um, and twisting hurts. So it's just golf. 
All right, so here's what he does, Kat. He he sits there, does three hours of therapy before he gets to the course. Then he's going to play four hours. And then afterwards, about four hours of therapy. Mm-hmm. Sounds For right. what reason? Why is he doing this? I mean, it's it's great to see Tiger. I know the golf gods are just, thank you, thank you, thank you, because no matter what the state of his game, he is the biggest draw by far, by leap years in this sport. Well, what do you think is going through his head? Why is he putting himself through this agony out there to be on the course again? It's to feel alive. I mean, listen, um, he went through a serious situation with injuries. Um, and I think for us as athletes, well, just look, I dislocated my hip. I broke my radio head and my arm. Um, I've done, it's been some crazy stuff for me. Uh, you you look at uh, Alex Smith. You look at a lot of these guys that had these uh, gruesome injuries. And for us, uh, I was just oh, the other day. I was just talking to some guys. We were playing ball uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We play ball, and my body actually feels better now. But it takes you so long to warm up. Now I, I say that to say I think for Tiger, it's the therapy right of like. The routine of getting my body ready, the routine of being out there, the camaraderie of uh, of other players, um, the routine of competing uh, against the course, uh, y- your last numbers, uh, things like that. I think it, for us in, in being who you are, whatever it is that you do uh, from a young age till, you know, 40 something years old. It's it's a part of your identity. It's your, it's your life, right? So you when you yeah okay forty six your guys are retiring or their bodies aren't what they used to be and you know I'm not a golfer but you got to use your hips and you know your legs and that start that you know that 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 takes a toll you know you're not young anymore so um, I, I think for him being a the, the Tiger Woods that we all know I think he's competing against his. His self of like, you know what, I can I can fight through this. And another thing, too, it might be his son's looking at him. I don't think his son would have been as good as he is now if he's if Tiger would have just stopped playing the game. Right. I think that's another reason of pushing himself uh, 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 the way he pushes himself right now. Right. Because his son's watching. Like Sometimes your kids need to see you fight through certain things and you you might not be your best but they can see that you know what my dad or my mom they they fought through that one you know it's amazing also the transformation of tiger the person Mm -hmm. over the years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i remember uh when i first interviewed tiger when he was 23 years old Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was difficult I mean, he was very standoffish, even though I had certain connections mm-hmm. to sort of get me to him to interview him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wasn't exactly a pleasant guy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And he was that way for a long time. But now, through all these injuries, and then, you know, we saw a very gracious Tiger after he won the Masters in 2019. Now, he's a media delight. Yeah. I mean, with all the pain <clears throat> he's, he's suffering. He's more secure with else, himself now. Well, he gets perspective. There's a little perspective in life. Mm-hmm. I, this, this happens to all of us as you get older. I mean, you live long enough, you, you have a chance to sort of look back and mm-hmm. have a little perspective on why this happened or how did I get to where I am right now, all the road that you know, everyone's uh, journey has. And so I, it's been interesting watching him being interviewed with this tournament because it's obvious he's insanely in pain. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's the one thing I can't imagine. Like yesterday in making the cut, he had six consecutive one putts. 
One putt greens. <laughs> I mean, he had to make everyone. He made the cut by one shot. He needed to make all these one putts. Some of them were up to 10, 15, 20 feet. And I'm thinking to myself, as he's standing there, that right leg, mm. which is was shattered, mm-hmm. has got steel and rods and everything just to make it straight. Yeah. You, he can't even do a crouch anymore. He can't really line up his putts. He can sort of get in a semi-crouch because he can't bend on that leg. And you've <clears> got to be thinking the pain in that leg has got to be just insane walking and everything up up and down and how he's able to even stand there and look over a 15 foot putt on these hard greens that have and and focus mm-hmm. through that pain i i just the, the normal people like i can't do that well i think it's not so much about being normal it's just like they pay me to do this right, right. so when you're younger and they're paying you to do certain things just think about Grand Hill. I was just thinking about Grand Hill when you said that the rods and all this. I have two screws in my, my right elbow mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Um, and Grand Hill, he screws, he had certain meat taken from a side of his, his body to put in his ankle. And then it was screws here and all this other crazy stuff when I was with him in Orlando. And he was just getting himself back. Right. And his leg, his his ankle looked terrible. You know, and he was he was in pain too, and I think when you when you're younger and you're fighting through these things, that one is it it teaches you uh, the adversity of life, right? Like you just got to fight through certain stuff, and it gets better. Uh, but the mental toughness of that, like it, you know, for Tiger, you know, uh, who said Jimmy Butler's like, you know, I like physicality, <laughs> right? Like I like getting beat. I get I like bodies. You know, uh, some who was laughing in football. Uh, what was the guy's name in football where they tackle him really hard and he laughs? It was a running back for Tampa Bay. Who was that guy? Uh, for Fournette? Was it Fournette? Is that his name anyway? Yeah, so like some people, that they, they like oh, a— Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, yeah. right? Like some people like—like like that makes you feel alive, Right, Marshawn Lynch as, was that way. Marshawn Lynch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you want to feel, you have to feel certain things. Like, I don't know, right? Like, See, that's yeah, what it is. it's a, it's a, it's such people don't understand. You're, you're an athlete, so you know one perspective. The mm. rest of us mere mortals, cat, <laughs> mere mortals. First we, of all, you, we you don't are want immortal. Pain. You are immortal. Well, I, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. You're, Most you're of us do not like pain. Yeah. You understand that. Yeah, most of us age, but you. So Okay, that's well, thing. I, I'm getting up there. All right, on the other side, we got a lot of ground to cover. We'll get back watching the PGA. By the way, the leader right now is the uh, immortal Mito Pereira. Does anyone have ever heard of this guy from Chile? Never. Uh, he has a three-shot lead right now. He is two under on the day. Will Salatoris, who had the lead going into the day, playing with him, is two over on the day. So are we going to get another unknown coming up with a major golf championship? We'll have the latest there. Also, we got a lot of NBA to get to, and the Warriors are back. Is that a good thing for the NBA? We're going to tell you coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one on one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, 
I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever you get your podcast from. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Catino Mobley here. This is Fox Sports Saturday. So we'll keep our eye on the leaderboard. Third round going on at the PGA tonight. Eastern Conference Finals, Game 3 between the Celtics and Heat. Right now, Cat, I got to talk about what happened last night between the Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Let's start with this. Remind me again, Jason Kidd is the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because after the game, he spoke of the Dallas Mavericks like he was some kind of commentator. He was mentioning the fact that, you know, they just took way too many atrocious three-pointers in that third quarter when they had a double-digit lead. In fact, the lead got up to 19 points. And I was thinking the same thing watching the game last night. Like, what what are they doing? I mean, I know they reined in all those threes in the first half, but did you expect you were going to make 50% of your threes the rest of the game? But he was talking like, like it was somebody else's team. You know, during that third quarter, I'm watching, thinking to myself, if I'm the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, I'm calling a timeout. And I'm that's looking kinda, at every... That's kind of hard, though. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking, because this is one I want to get to with you. So I'm, I'm watching this thinking, okay, one-on-one whether it was Brunson, whether it was Luka, whoever, we have this one-on-five offense, and they're gunning threes, bricking them, giving Golden State an opportunity to get back in the game, and eventually they put the Mavs away. But the way Jason Kidd was talking, it was sort of like, yeah, man, did you watch those Mavericks? What were they doing? Why were they taking so many threes? And I'm thinking, aren't you the coach of the team? So how does this dynamic work? Because it does bring to question – does he really have any control of this team? What, what does an NBA coach do? Do the players basically dictate what's happening out on the court? If you're a coach, can you change the tide and say, guys, forget the threes. Let's let's try a different offensive set because our lead is evaporating with every brick that we're throwing up there. But he just talked like, uh, I, I had no control over the situation. I can't believe these guys kept shooting threes like they were somebody else's team. How does this work? Yeah, okay, so it's it's very tricky, Steve. Uh, the reason why it's tricky is because in the first all right, the first game you lost by the three, right? Yeah. You you, you shot a, a thousand of them, and you made ten. Yeah. Um, the second game, Luca comes out hot, 
All right. He's he's uh, creating mismatches and they're making every single three they threw up in the first half. I think first half, 14 of 26. Right. So you're 50, you're, you're 50%. Right. right. You're 54. And then he came out hot in the second half. Right. So now it's, it's, it's a catch 22, right? Because nothing lasts that long. In basketball, you can shoot poorly in the first half, and in the second half, you're going to shoot better. You can shoot really well in the first half, and in the second half, you can shoot poorly. And that's what happened with them. Now, they don't have a post-presence to slow the game down against Golden State. They only have Luka to get into the paint and be able to kick out. So when you're, when, you're, when you're doing these different things and playing these different strategies, how is what is Jason going to say? Because we were successful in the first half doing exactly what we're doing now in the third. It's just that we're missing in the third. So when you're missing in the third, you, 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 all you did was go back to the same thing that happened uh, in the first game, right? You don't know how to settle the game down. There's no post player that you have to get you a couple of free buckets so I can, you know, get some easy threes, right? And my confidence level and the energy can shift. But now Golden State's coming down, um, knocking the threes down now and getting to the basket and Steph was amazing like he was. You know, but I just – and Jordan Poole just, you know, getting to the basket and, and playmaking. But I just – I it's hard for a coach to say, listen, you guys were successful in the first half doing that. Change it up now. What are you going to do? Well, you know what it reminded me of watching this game was that game seven between the Warriors and Rockets. Remember back in 2018, mm-hmm. Houston had home court, mm-hmm. game seven, mm-hmm. and in that game, they were seven of 44 shooting from three-point land. Harden couldn't miss. I mean, couldn't make. Ariza was 0 for 9. He missed every shot he took in that game. They literally, what was it? They missed 24, 25 consecutive three-point shots. And I remember watching that game. What are you doing? Stop shooting the threes. If they're not going to go down, do something else. And they shot themselves right out of the but, game but and they again, lose that game. Charles, seven. Charles and, and, and Shaq were speaking about this yesterday. It, I grew up dumping it down to Shaq and Charles and Akeem. And, you know, you right. grew up in the post. Nowadays, the way guys play in the past 10 years, it's jack up, jack up, jack up. There is no settled put it in a post, you know, swing it around, double t- It's There is nothing like that. So you're going to see a lot of those. What was really interesting to me was Dallas lost, I don't know how many games, maybe 20-something games, where they got blown out yeah. this season. If you're a really good team, that should never happen. But the reason why it happens is because today's the way guys play t- in today's game they jack up threes. So when you're jacking up threes, they're long rebounds. Those long rebounds turn into easy buckets for the defense, right? So then now you think about it energy-wise and your confidence. I'm going to keep shooting until I can make them. That's not good because what's against you is time, right? <laughs> so you can keep doing that in the third, and then before you know you're down 12, and you do it in the fourth, and if you're not hitting them, guess what? You're down 25. And it does they do it every single time because they have no – Luca to me, should have settled the game down more and, and – play from the post when you're starting to miss three or four threes settle get mid post and and slow the game down more make them rotate more but like James Harden Luca he isos from the top a lot and when you're isolated from the top everybody's on you you get tired after a while you can't do that first second third fourth no one he's he's not even in that much shape LeBron James probably the only person that could do that well the other part for uh, for obviously Dallas was they have no interior defense at all. I yeah. mean, when Looney is going off for 20-plus points, 
on layups mm-hmm. or dunks. Uh, there was some good passing. I'll give the Warriors that to get him to those. But there was no resistance at all. I mean, they could have gone there. That was the irony. How Golden State got back in this game wasn't a rain of threes. Right. It was their dominance in the paint yeah. that got him back into the game. So it was like a reversal of roles. Um, I, I thought Luka became too unselfish. You know, he had 18 points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the game with uh, my son, Garrett, your dear buddy. And uh, I'm guy. like, I mean, this, this guy could, yeah, I mean, he looked like, it's one of those nights that he could go off for 60 points and then he just stopped shooting. I, I, I mean, Brunson, well, maybe. I think he was tired. Does he look a lot out of shape to you? Yeah, he's tired. He's 22 years old. Yeah, he's tired. He's a big guy. I mean, beer, hookah, it's, he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the other side, I want to get into the whole dynamic of this resurgence of the Warriors. But first, uh, let's find out what is trending right now. And is this, <laughs> is this Brian Friendly here? If, what has brought you to our humble weekend hey, outlet here? Well, hey. I'm, I'm usually in the overnight, so usually when I look out the window, Catino yeah. and Steve, it's just dark, and it's like 3 a.m., and I'm like, what am I doing here? It's sunny outside, and I'm not used to this. They they had to go deep into the bullpen to wow. bring me on, but oh, I, I'm, I'm grateful to be here with you guys. And as Catino and, and Steve, you were talking about, third round of the PGA Championship is happening right now, and the 27-year-old Mito Pereira playing in his first ever PGA Championship has a four-shot lead through six holes. He is at 10 under in the tournament, two under today with birdies on the par four seconds and the par five fifth. Then had a nice par save on the third, made a sizable 10 to 15 foot putt, which was sweeping a little bit to his right to left. He was able to convert there. Now the 36 hole leader, Will Zalatoris, falling behind. He just took his drive on the seventh and sliced it past the gallery wide of them against the fairway. He's got bogeys on on one, on four, and six, so things are going sideways for him. There's a lot of wind out there, dreary conditions, overcast, and that seemingly is upping the scores here. We're not seeing a whole lot of low numbers. Speaking of a high number, Tiger Woods, a 79 today, which was 10 more shots than his 69 on Friday. That puts him at 12 over for the tournament and in a tie for last place out of everyone who made the cut. And that is also 22 shots off the lead. His card had seven bogeys, a triple bogey, along with a birdie on 15. And with one round to play, he's got a lot of work to do. And and finally, guys, just a couple quick notes from Major League Baseball. The Yankees are towering over the White Sox, 7-5. DJ LeMahieu hit a grand slam. That ball game is in the top of the eighth. The Cubs have a 2-0 lead against the Diamondbacks in the top of the third. This after weather delayed the start time of that one. While the Mets are taking it with a four to nothing lead to the Rockies through four innings. With that, let's bounce the basketball back to the two-man game. It is Catino Mobley and Steve Hartman, Fox Sports Radio Saturday. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. All right. Yeah, this uh, Mito Pereira. Wow, four-shot lead. First time he's ever played in a PGA championship. Only the second time he's ever played in a major championship. He is the story right now in the golf world. All right, let's talk a little bit about these Golden State Warriors. Now, think about this, Kat. You had a team that made it to the NBA Finals five straight years and won three championships. And then the wheels fell off. 
Durant gone, Clay Thompson hurt. Two years ago, they had the worst record in the NBA. Last year, they rallied some, but they got eliminated in the play-in round, so technically they weren't in the playoffs. And here they are now, two wins away from making it to the NBA Finals. Now, for most teams, there would be a little nostalgia. You remember when the Spurs won the fifth championship and you still had Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Monte Ginobili? Of course, they had a young star named Kawhi Leonard that was carrying a lot of the load. But there was something special when they beat the Heat and won that fifth championship. Like a little nostalgic, sort of a warm and fuzzy feeling for these group of guys that have been around. I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy right now about Steph Clay and Draymond. I don't know what it is about this Warriors team. Obviously, if you're a Warriors fan right now, you're very excited. But I don't feel like there's this groundswell of nostalgia like, wow, isn't this great that the Warriors are back? I mean, they still took a hit. You know, when they, when Kevin Durant signed with them, they took a big hit. Mm-hmm. They were like this, you know, fresh story with this Steph Curry rewriting the way we were playing the game of basketball. They won a championship. Then they won 73 games. LeBron was able to beat them in the finals. And then Durant showed up. And there's no Durant anymore. They got Poole. They got Wiggins. They got some young guns on this team right now. But normally for a team that's sort of on the comeback trail, you would feel a groundswell of nostalgia. Like, this is sort of a cool story. I'm not feeling any of that right now for the Golden State Warriors. Why is that? I think it's because this year has been a little inconsistent. It was, um, they started off great. And then guys got a little hurt, right? And they were inconsistent. And then it shifted to other teams. Um, And there was really no storyline after a while, right? Because Steph started off the first few months as, you know, up there with the MVPs. And then he kind of got cold. And Draymond was hurt for a while. And when he was hurt, they tanked it a little bit. You know, uh, Clay's still trying to get rhythm. It's kind of he's not the, the Clay that we know. But, but, you know, another thing, too, is, is, you know, when you have a lot of – you have personalities like Draymond, who I love, but you have personality. He kind of like – you don't want to root for the team, right? Right. You know, Unless think, you're a Warriors fan, then you love you're Draymond, fan. but if you're not – Right, right. So I love him, and I would love him to be on my team. But, you know, he kind of turns you off because he's so aggressive with a lot of things. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about when people – I hear when other people say it. So you don't want to – you don't want to root for it, and it's not something where it's like, you know, um, uh, a good comeback story. You know, uh, from being uh, uh, one of the top teams to like the bottom team back up to the top team, you should have a lot more fans. But, and they do, don't get me wrong. The Golden State Warriors do, because I'm a fan of them. Um, but um, I'm, I'm nobody. But, you know, I, I just think the personalities on the team, that's what's, I think, rubbing. Well, that, I, that I'll story. tell you the guy that rubs me the wrong way most of all is not Draymond, it's Steve Kerr. I, I mean, I just... You don't like Steve Kerr? I cannot stand Steve Kerr. Why not? I love him, man. To me... He's he, like Pop. He No, no. He's not no, like Pop? No, he's smug. He's smug. You smug. think so? I do. I mean, I, I there's something about. that has always rubbed about. me the wrong way about Steve Kerr. Ever since he became, as a player, look, the guy still holds the NBA record for highest three-point percentage. People don't know this. I mean, he was an insane, and maybe it goes back to my UCLA, you know, roots, and of course he played at the University of Arizona, a little rivalry there, but 
his demeanor and just about everything. Maybe maybe he's a little hyper political for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I, I've never argued about whether or not players and, you know, Kat, you and I were here through the whole pandemic mm-hmm. together and we did a lot of radio together in mm-hmm. days we had very little to talk about. But we made it made the most of it. And I just the NBA chose a certain direction. I mm-hmm. find it interesting right now. And again, I don't like to get hyper political mm-hmm. on a sports forum, but. You know, the ratings have been up for the NBA, right? Uh, which is a good thing. Um, and there are some exciting young stars. I mean, we saw Jean Morant, uh, unfortunately, he got hurt. Uh, yeah. But we saw his star power. You watch Luka. You see the Jason Tatums of the world. I mean, you know, even this Jordan Poole kid for Golden oh, State is came from like G League. All he's of a special. sudden, the guy is a really special player. So there's a lot of positives for the league. But I have a belief that one of the reasons that the NBA is on the upswing again is they're letting the game speak for itself. They're sort of taking a step back from trying to, you know, really amplify where they are with social causes. Not that they're not important, because obviously they are, but just sort of let the game play. And when you see these amazing athletes, when you see the kind of basketball they play, it, there's a lot of appeal. I've always been a basketball fan, and now I'm, I'm a fan watching these playoffs. I'm watching these NBA playoff games again. But Steve Kerr, to me, just harkens back to, I don't know. I mean, I just there's something that rubs me wrong about Kerr. Uh, and this may be even getting back to what we were talking about earlier with Jason Kidd. Like, how much importance is there in a coach? Big time. I mean, Brooklyn you, Nets will tell you that. Well, let's just talk about the Golden State Warriors when they went from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. If they had kept Mark Jackson in as the coach with the development of uh, Steph and Clay and Draymond and eventually the addition of Kevin Durant, would they have had the same success with Mark Jackson as their coach had he stayed and not been replaced by Steve Kerr? I don't know. I, I, listen, I love Mark. He's a good friend of mine. Right. But some people... Uh, some people, uh, players perform better with other people, and you, you just never know. Listen, they were on the upside. Mark did find them, and he gave them that light and that confidence to be able to play and shoot. But, I mean, you go back to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. I mean, they had Doug. And yeah. then before you know it, the never next year the same team had Phil Jackson and Tex Winter. Right? So, I mean, Doug was a good coach, but they won six with Phil. So, I mean, I don't – I, I, again, it, it, Steve does a great job, and he's got a lot of his. He he was, uh, you know, Arizona, a great coach there, and then you know he goes to Pop, and you know he played for Phil, and he's he has a lot of knowledge with inside him uh, that that helps a lot of these guys be who they are. And that's another thing he does. And Pop was like that. Like Manu was Manu, and Tony was Tony, and you know Tim was Tim, and they had their own personalities. And 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 Greg, you know, Coach Coach Pop, he speaks every time he has a chance. He speaks up when it comes to anything that is unjust or what what have you with inside the society. And I think back then, so much of the NBA we focused on that. Right? It was it was it's. It because it was nothing else going on. Now that there's so many things going on, it's still deaths, it's still diseases, it's still all types of things is going on, but it's so busy right now that what, what are you going to put out there? Did anyone handle big personalities as a coach better than Phil Jackson? I'm always amazed with all the things he did. You talk about Scotty and Michael, Shaq and Kobe. I mean, you go down the long list, but 
how he was able to incorporate Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. when at that point, from a personality standpoint, Rodman had gone off the rails and still dominated and was the key factor in that second run of three consecutive championships. You heard what, you heard what Phil said to Mike. Mike, we need to give... Uh... We need to give uh, Dennis a vacation. Mm-hmm. He said, "Come on, Phil." You said, well, "Let's let's give him at least two days in Vegas." Yeah, like he just understands, right? right? Like, and, think and that's about what Kobe. it comes down to: coaching is personalities, how to handle personalities. Yeah, think about Kobe, right? Like Kobe was, uh, he was eighteen. We're all immature when we're younger, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you're playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, what do you want us to be? But then the the more Kobe. Evolved. The older he got, the meditating, the the you know self reflecting and the selflessness, it, like all those. He needed Phil. Like he knew I, I need Phil. Like Phil keeps me calm in this chaotic world. Right. Being around the uh, Lakers, uh, the second run for uh, Phil, um, and you know seeing Phil on an almost daily basis. The thing about Phil Jackson, I could say this about Pat Riley as well, why he had success with superstars. Your ego has to be the equal of or greater than Mm -hmm. the biggest egos in that room. Right. So as big an ego as Michael Jordan had or Kobe Bryant or Shaq, Phil's was bigger. Yeah. Same thing with Pat Riley. You know, Kareem, Magic, his was bigger. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way you handle it. All right, on the other side, I want to get to a team that is long gone as far as the postseason is concerned, but very much in the news. Katino Mobley is going to tell us who's the right guy for the Los Angeles Lakers to hire as their next head coach. Coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Steve Hartman, Katina Mobley with you. Eastern Conference Finals Game 3. We'll get into that in a moment. But right now, I need an answer from you, Kat, about who the next Lakers head coach is going to be. They announced that there are three finalists. Three finalists. Terry Stotts, who had... uh, Quite a run as a head coach in the NBA. Kenny Atkinson, people may not remember, he was the Nets coach for a while. And most recently, of course, he's sitting on the bench right now with the Golden State Warriors. And Darvin Ham, who is a longtime assistant, has not been a head coach in the NBA. Uh, actually had a couple of years as an assistant with the Los Angeles Lakers. So he's the one guy that actually has uh, some time with the Laker organization. Uh, do any of those names excite you? And um, by the way, one other quick note about this search for the Lakers coach. According to multiple sources, every coach that's been interviewed for the job has been asked one question. How do you plan on using 
Russell Westbrook. Mm. So Westbrook has a player option for $47 million. I'm sure he's going to pick that up, $47 million for one year. And if they had an opportunity to deal Westbrook, I would have thought it would already come and gone. The reality is the Lakers are probably looking at the same trio of superstars and keeping their fingers crossed they can keep them healthy and on the court with LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook. So let's get back to these three names. Does any one of these names say yes? He's the guy that can do a much better job than Frank Vogel did with this current Laker roster. I Okay, so Terry, uh, with Portland Trailblazers, they weren't really a defensive-minded team. Uh, what did the Lakers lack last year besides injuries? Defense. Yeah, they have old legs. Yeah, I mean, but you can still, you can still shrink the court. You know what I mean? You, you, these guys, they can still shrink the court. And Russell Westbrook' legs were not old. He's just decision making was a little, you know, <laughs> off. But I, I'm looking at this. I will go with Darvin Ham. Now, I see my my initial response would have been Darvin Ham as well because I feel. And I'll go back to when LeBron joined the Miami Heat and they had this young coach, Eric Spolster. Mm-hmm. Remember that first year? A little, you know, rubbing the elbows and you almost felt like LeBron was looking at Pat Riley saying, why is this guy our coach? Why are you not our coach? Much like what happened with Stan Van Gundy when Shaq kicked him to the curb and insisted Riley come back and they won a championship. But Riley wasn't going there. He had a lot of faith in Eric Spolster that he was the right guy. And as it turned out, he was right. Spolster now a decade later is one of the Certainly one of the best He's coaches. He's one of the best coaches in the league. There's no doubt about like, that. Like, I think ever. He, Eric is... Oh, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's amazing. No, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. He's amazing. So, but I, when I'm looking at, a, at a, a guy that has not been a head coach, how would that play with a guy like LeBron James? I mean, it's LeBron's team, with all due respect to AD and Westbrook. So, how does a guy who's not been a head coach in the NBA, as many years as Ham has been an assistant, deal with a team led by LeBron James? It's going to be hard for Darvin Ham. It's going to be hard for Kenny. It's going to be hard for Terry. The reason we'll say that is because every coach LeBron has had, LeBron's smarter than anyway. <laughs> right? So it, it, it and not only is he smarter than then no none of these people that can coach LeBron has ever played or thought like LeBron while he's on the court. To me, he's he's a mastermind. Now the only person I think that can help, and and I I I don't want to use that word control, but could kind of let LeBron be the alpha that he is, but yet still coach him, help coach him, would be Phil Jackson. That's the only one because Phil's done it with the Michaels and the Scotties and I the agree Shaq's and the Kobe's. All right, so let, I want to get because I want to get this before the top of the hour here. You mentioned Russell Westbrook made the wrong decisions. One thing about Westbrook, unlike AD and LeBron, was he was out on the court every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only missed a couple of games. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's the thing about West, man. He brings a lot of energy, and he shows up. So when you say he made the wrong decisions, is it fixable? Could you still start over again with the dynamic of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook? Because a year ago at this time, they were co-favorites with the Nets to win the NBA championship, and they ended up 33-49. and 49. Could you still take those three – and whatever pieces you fill in and make a championship team. I think you can, but I think, you know, listen, when you when you come to this this game of basketball, you can't have AD healthy, LeBron healthy, Russell healthy in the beginning, 
and then AD goes down for 20-some games and, you know, uh, Russell, you know, having shooting slumps for, for three weeks and, you know, four weeks because it throws the rhythm off. You have to have some type of, like, regardless of how the Lakers were, they still ran the triangle. Guys knew where they were going to get their shots, and the main focus was defense, right? And then because defense can save you, offense is going to come and go. It's well, how do you get is. defense out of a team as long a tooth as these Lakers are? You just said shorten the court. What does that mean? Shrink. Shrink the court. Shrink, shrink the, the court. court. So Tom Thibodeau taught us that when he coached us the Rockets. It's shrinking the court, me and a foot almost in the paint, where it shows the, it shows the offense when they're coming down the floor that we are helping automatically. So what it does is changes their mindset, right, of that they can't just attack. Well, they may look like, uh, you know, the guy in the corner is open, but he's not really open because guess what? As soon as he passed the ball, I'm jumping out of there. So it's just little strategy things like that. All right, coming up on the other side, the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 3, the series moves to Boston. Who's going to come out on top? Who's going to represent the East in the upcoming NBA Finals? You'll find out coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, rolling on another big Saturday in the world of sports. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Hartman and Mobley with you today. Great to have Cat in the house. By the way, uh, Bubba Watson. You know, I mean, oh, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. What? what <laughs> yes. One of the things about uh, golf is you can get. I mean, a year ago, Phil Mickelson wins the PGA at the age of fifty. Now, you don't see that. I'll... You know what? No, you said something earlier. Yeah. You said, you said, uh, you know, you guys retire from golf at 40, like in the 40s? Well, I mean, you... you they, I thought they... you play until you're like 90 in golf. Well, you don't retire, but you're usually not winning major golf championships. It's now, just, last it's... year, you know, Phil became the first 50-year-old golfer ever to win an actual major right. golf championship. But, I mean, Tiger's 46. Yeah, I mean... There's, there's so the what's list. that age range like? Well, usually the prime of golfers. Jack, well, it depends. What about Jack? Some guys are instant phenomenal. Well, Jack won his last Masters at age 46, okay. but he didn't have a lot of injuries, and and before that he hadn't won a major in six years. So after that, Jack was just doing like celebrity kind of appearances. Usually, you're, when you get to the age of 40 in golf, it's not impossible. Obviously, there have been major champions. Beyond the age of 40, as I mentioned, Phil did it at 50. Uh, I mentioned this because Bubba Watson. Who won two Masters? Well, we haven't heard the name Bubba Watson in a major in recent years. Uh, Forty-three years of age right now, and right now Bubba Watson is in second place at the PGA Golf Championship. He is at minus six, three shots back of this Pereira guy who's making his PGA Tour uh, tournament debut. Uh, yesterday, Watson shot a sixty-three, and it's even Tiger was talking about like, how did that happen? 
He just had one of those days. Like Bubba Watson's like, oh, I remember when you were good. And he started just playing it out. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the guy shoots a 63 yesterday. Uh, he's one under on the day. So that's the thing about golf. You know, you could have long careers in golf. Heck, I don't know if you ever heard a guy named Sam Sneed, one of the big yeah, big names back in the 30s and mm-hmm. 40s. This guy in the mid-70s, in his early 60s, had three consecutive top 10s in this tournament, the PGA Championship, when he was in his 60s. Yeah, I don't understand Man, that. oh, man, oh, man. How's your golf game these days, Kat? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. You're okay? Yeah, golf? I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Actually, I'm really not. I'm not good at all. Golf? No, yeah, I'm not good at all. No, the problem, I don't have the patience right now. Well, and and that's that's what I was talking about at the top of the show. Watching Tiger really struggle today with all the pains he's going through, and how he holds it together. I don't know. I don't know how these golfers do that, especially when you're. See, the thing about major golf championships is these guys play these tournaments week in and week out. They're twenty under, twenty five, and you know they're just tearing up these courses. Mm-hmm. You know they. They ratchet up the screws on these majors. Yeah. And suddenly the greatest golfers in the world aren't as dominant as they're used to being. And that can be frustrating when things are easy to you and you sort of control everything. And all of a sudden they throw you into a curveball like, well, you're making me look bad. Well, a lot and of And I don't want to look bad. But I'm going to tell you a lot. I'm going to tell you this. A lot of that comes, and like, think about Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. So, Chris, uh, a 30-year-old Chris mm-hmm. is different than a 37-year-old Chris. Let me tell you why. You, LeBron, uh, guys, like even when I have my little spurt of like greatness, I can go up and down the court 10, 11, 12 times in a row, defensively and offensively, and change the game. So what that does is it changes the, the mental aspect of the defense, the coaches on the other side, what they're going to call. Some of these players, it's like holding your breath. Some of these players can't hold their breath. They learn, like, you know, I give up. So it's, it's like the same thing in golf, right? You can, because you're not really competing. I'm not really competing against you. I'm competing against myself, the course, and and how the course is. But if you if you see me, I'm Tiger. If you see me dominating this course, dominating this course, what it's going to do psychologically? If you're the golfer next to me, are you kind of reading what my numbers are? You're going to start thinking now about my numbers and what I'm doing opposed to thinking about what you should be doing as an individual, right? So when you have, you know, it's a birdie or whatever it is, you know, you, you, have, you know, it's, it's a four shot or three shot, whatever you call them. Like, I, I, after a while, I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about, God dang it, he's shooting a 63. He's shooting a 62. He's shooting a 64. And opposed to saying, I'm, I'm, I'm competing against the course. That's right. Right? Like, that's what it is in basketball. That's what it is in boxing. Because that same hard punch in the first round, that punch, you know, like, you're like, oh, you, can, I, can, I, can I take this? In well, the and the thing about it is, if you wonder why Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods were the most dominant golfers ever in terms of majors, it was patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't thinking about, I, you know, they were taking it a shot at a time. Yeah. They weren't normally taking unnecessary chances. I mean, the amazing, amazing thing about Tiger in his first 14 majors, mm-hmm. this was incredible. His first 14 major wins, he led or was tied for the league going into the final round in all 14. By the way, those are the only 14 times that he led going into the final round, and he won every single time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Right. Now, sometimes he had a bigger lead than others, but he knew how to, once he had the lead, maintain the lead, and close the deal. No one was better than Tiger at doing that. In fact, his Masters win 
that he had three years ago that you and I sat here is the only major ever that he won where he was not leading going into the final round. Right. The only one out of the 15 was the only I, time he ever did I, it. I would say if you are in, whether it's golf and let's say right. golf, basketball, you know, I if I'm watching my opponent, mm-hmm. right, if I'm not playing against them but I'm watching them play someone else, I'm going to study them with the sound off. Right. I'm going to watch their coach. And, I like that. I'm going to study with the sound off because – other people's opinions of how great and is that mm-hmm. it kind of gets inside you. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear none of that. I just want to see their movements in this first quarter and it's the end of the first quarter and what these timeouts are and what the plays that they run, blah, blah, blah. And in golf, what I would do if I was going to do it, I don't want to see whatever you guys are doing. I just want to focus on me and what my course is, right? If I have to, it's going to take me three shots to do this or four shots to do that. I'm just focused on me because if I start thinking about anything else, derail. All right, I want to uh, get this in because it's uh, something we don't really get a chance. One guy that obviously is not at the PGA Tournament is Phil Mickelson. This is the last time that a defending champion did not show up for a major golf championship and whether he was hurt, obviously the tragedy of Payne Stewart when he was killed in the plane crash, is Ben Hogan in 1954 at the Open Championship where he just decided I'm going to play one Open, that's I won and that's born. it. 54. There you go. Uh, just four years before me. Anyway, so uh, what do you think of this whole Phil with this live tour? And I mean, this guy has literally disappeared. He has gone AWOL. He's not even making appearances. He's not talking to anybody. A year ago, he was being celebrated. The great Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship at the age of 50. And the fact that he's not facing the media, facing the music, essentially has gone into hiding because of his support of this golf tour that the PGA has fought against. What do you make of this? I mean, the guy has lost sponsors. It's it's, I don't, it's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I don't know I don't know the intricate parts of it yeah. uh, as much, but I, I would say what for as far as Phil being in the spotlight for so many years, yeah. um, and, 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 you know, in, in different uh, behind-the-scenes situations that he's been through and we all kind of, like, saw it, you know, I think the older that we get as human beings, right? I think some things are more sacred, and 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 you want to try to hold them close to you and stay out of that energy field of whether it's positive or negative. Too much positivity is bad, right? Because at the end of the day, you start to feel yourself, and then you know. Uh, but I think when, in whatever it is, I think for him, it's like let me, let me really embrace what I don't know embrace this and stay away from because it can get overwhelming the negative right. uh, attention that comes to these things and maybe second guess who you are or your choices that you've made or whatever it is so I don't know I just for me just for me personally I try to protect a lot of my energy so um, and uh, and be in control of that the older I get when I was younger I wanted more stimulation but don't you want to comp- I mean if you're Phil Mickelson I guess this is my thought I agree with it. I mean if he had shown up for this PGA I mean he would have taken all swarmed. the oxygen out yeah, of the room and people are like why are you doing this blah 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 but at the same time if you're not speaking then other people are controlling the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Now they're controlling the narrative of like you're on the attack on the PGA Tour and why did you say this? If you're not, you know, forget any statements that you're putting out. Those are worthless. I would just think for a guy like Phil Mickelson, who's been, you know, we've been watching for 30 years out here playing golf, 
that you would want more control of the narrative. Like, explain exactly what is going on in your terms. Either you are exactly what people think you are in terms of, you know, firing off and on the PGA Tour and saying, I mean, because I'll put it this way. Here, here's what here's the, here's the little narrative with this live tour, and this is why it's different. One of the great things about golf that I've always enjoyed is this. You got to earn your money. You, you 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 tee off for a tournament. There were 156 golfers in this PGA tournament. Half of them got zero dollars by missing the cut. You don't get a penny. You're there on your own expense. Yes, they have sponsors and everything else, but you're you don't walk away with a dime. You got to make the cut if you want to get paid. What this live tour is all about is huge amounts of money up front. And I guess Phil's point is. I should be paid up front. I'm freaking Phil Mickelson. Facts. I, I should, you know, and by the way, Tiger, remember, for years, he was getting those, you know, a million dollars to show up at some tournament. Then he would also win the tournament mm-hmm. and collect double. But I think that's part of where the the what the argument Phil was making. But he's also 50 years old. I mean, he's not like a 30-year-old in the prime of his career. Yeah, yeah but he had, still, he, he he's going to get more people coming to whatever situation at that event, whatever it is, because they have to market it. And in marketing, they're selling tickets. They're doing all these endorsements. Yeah. They have sponsorships. So you're doing all that on my name. I built my name. So in building my name, give me something up front before it happens. That's what that is. But that's, see, that's, uh, golf is about charity. It's about th- these tournaments raise millions and cha- millions and millions of dollars for charities. Do you really believe that? <laughs> well, apparently Phil doesn't. That's the whole point. All right. I, I, I mean, it's it's it's. I, we'll see how this all plays out with Phil. But uh, right now, as we mentioned, looking at the leaderboard, uh, Pereira now has had two bogeys, so he's back to minus eight and has a two-shot lead over, yes, 43-year-old Bubba Watson. All right. On the other side, we're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They resume tonight. Celtics and the Heat. Which team ultimately will find themselves in the NBA Finals. We're going to tell you. Coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Catino Mobley, Fox Sports Saturday. Game three of the Eastern Conference Finals as the series heads to Boston. The Heat. Took advantage of no Marcus Smart and no Al Horford in game one. By the way, Jimmy Butler. I'm going to get, I'm going to detour for a second here. Jimmy Butler. Game one, he had 41 points on 19 shots and didn't make a three. So think about that for a second. 
He scored 41 points on just 19 field goal attempts, and he didn't make a single three-point shot. Of course, he was 17 of 18 from the free throw line. This guy's been around for over a decade. You look at the career of Jimmy Butler. He got some notice a couple years ago in the bubble when he led the Heat to the NBA Finals. Played, before played the, like, really well. Played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we talk about the elite players of the league, you don't hear Jimmy Butler's name often. No, he's not. He, I, I love Jimmy Butler. Uh, Is he you an know, elite he's a throwback. He's a player? Throw, no, no. He's a throwback, though. He's, he's definitely a throwback. He's not a punk. Uh, Jimmy's going to fight you. Uh, he's going to play defense, uh, and he can score. What I would love for Jimmy to be like that elite, superstar-y kind of thing for, mm-hmm. for, for Jimmy, because I, I fell in this boat where it comes to like, I wasn't at as, as assertive as I should have been consistently, right? Um, and Jimmy can score 25 every night easily. I just think Jimmy plays the, I don't want to say the right way, but he plays the right way. Like, he plays the right way. You know, and sometimes when you when your team needs you to really like like Luca, you know, when he came in uh, game seven against Phoenix. Right. Luca scored the first eight points and he like let them know, like, I'm not playing no games. Uh, sometimes Jimmy, like he'll have a great game. And then the next game, he like it's not as as aggressive. Um, and, and, and I I don't know if that's psychological, but he's he's super capable of of you know, creating these uh, mismatches and things like that. Yeah, even in this last game, the blowout loss at home to the Celtics, 29 points and 18 attempts, and he only made one three-pointer. So his efficiency offensively is is dynamic. Um, but also the Heat got a little exposed again in game two. Like, wh- where are you getting points? You got Hero. Who, who's, where are you going to get points if you're the Miami Heat, especially with Marcus Smart, the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year, back out on the court doing his thing, where are you getting points from this Miami Heat team? Yeah, I don't think. And, and another thing too is Bam. You have to think about Bam. Bam need Bam needs to give me at least twenty-two. He had six points tw- in last game. Yeah, see, that's it's, you're not gonna you're not gonna be Boston with six points. Mark. No, and I mean PJ Hero, Tucker's not giving me any. Points. Right, he's not a, he's not an offensive player. Right, so now think about it. And Strauss. Uh, you know he's he's uh, you got to run plays for him, right? Kevin Kalari's out the uh, uh, Kyle Lowry's out the game. Well, yeah, he's Oladipo off the bench had fourteen, right? But he's coming off the bench, so he's not even coming in the game until at right. least six minutes. All uh, right, so I guess bottom line question is: Can you see the Heat winning the series against the Celtics? I don't, I don't, because I like, think about it. Marcus Smart can give me twenty. Right, Al Horford can give me 17, 15 to seventeen, right? Uh, Jason Tatum, of course, can give me thirty. Uh, Jalen Brown on a great night, he can give me thirty. You know, on a, on a bad night, he can still give me twenty something. So you got four guys that's starting, and guess what? All four of those, all five starters on the Boston Celtics play hard defense, and then you got uh, Williams coming off the bench. You have you, you have a. Um, a team in Boston where their their first seven is better than Miami's first seven. By the way, quick note on the Celtics defense. The all-defensive teams are named yesterday. Six different Celtics got some votes yeah. for all-defense. Yeah. Six on one team. The way they play defense, it's aggressive. It's together. 
and they're committed. Like that's right there for me. They're all on a string. That right there for me is I don't know if that's Marcus Smart. I don't know if it's the head coach. I don't know if it's Al. You know Al Horford, uh, Grant Williams, right? You have uh, Williams third. Yep. You you have uh, Marcus Smart. Those four right there. Not even Jason Tatum or Brown, but those four right there. I mean, they're they're extreme. They're really good different def, uh, defensive players. How about this? Uh, you mentioned Grant Williams, right? Thirty-two minutes in game two, his plus-minus was a plus thirty-seven. Yeah, Pritchard off the bench, twenty-three minutes, his plus-minus was thirty-nine. Yes, yes, thirty-nine. And 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 you know the thing is, is what like I say, with Miami, they have to switch up their their starting lineup, and they got to start early. They have to start early, and they got to attack early. Now, the only thing about that is. All these guys are switching. You're not creating any mismatch. Al Horford can guard on the wing. Grant Williams can guard on the wing. Jason Tatum is long. He's almost seven feet tall. You know, Jalen Brown is long. Then you have Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. First guard since what? Gary Payton to make Defensive Player of the Year? Yes. I mean, this is these are no slouches. You have to be. You have to really beat them. And Jimmy, what he said the other day, oh, I like physicality, and they, they, they bro, you by yourself. By the way, uh, you mentioned Marcus Smart, first uh, guard to win NBA Defensive Player of the Year since the glove, Gary Payton. Why is that? I mean, are the the media just enamored with block shots, and that's why the centers always seem to win this award? I mean, uh, Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace, he won a a Defensive Player of the Year one time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, I mean... Is that the right? I mean, how do you gauge defense? If you got a great on-ball guard mm-hmm. defensively, is he your most valuable defensive player? Yes, he is. I mean, is. think of Michael Cooper all those years with the Lakers. Larry what? Bird said many times, nobody, no one was close defensively on me than Michael Cooper was. And that was, you know, he's always unsigned. I wish Coop would get into the Hall of Fame. He's been a finalist the last couple of years. Love to see Coop finally get Love into Coop. the Hall of Fame. Love Coop. But, um, yeah, I just, I mean, when it's I It's a watch- little different. Let me tell you why it's a little different. Because, see, y- you can see what's in front of me, correct? Right. I can't see what's in back of me. Right. So now, not seeing what's in back of me... I'm vulnerable. I can pl- I can be the best defensive player person out there, but if my other four guys are not helping me, mm-hmm. right, and I don't have that anchor, you think about it. If I don't have that guy in the middle or one of those other bigs to be able to help me, I'm only as good as my team on the offensive end. I mean, on the defensive end as a guard, right? But as a big, I'm swallowing up so many mistakes, right? Right. That's what I think for for uh, the bigs. Why they get so much more? Yeah, praise. but it's an but it's an outside game now. It is. It's an outside that's, game. That's probably why. So that's my point. Yeah. And the game has evolved. Mm-hmm. It's it's no longer you know guys driving the hoop and some guy. Well, Rudy Gobert shouldn't have got, Rudy Rudy. Uh, he shouldn't have got it anyway. Draymond Green should have got it. Right. Right. Draymond Green guards everyone. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. you you got Clay Thompson when he before he was hurt he was guarding everyone. Right. Uh, and then Marcus Smart of course and mm-hmm. you have your you have your defensive specialist Jimmy Butler's a great defensive player as well. Uh, but you know Draymond Green to me every single year is the top you know i mean who can he not guard right especially in this day and age now when i played i don't think draymond green can guard no charles barkley kevin garnett you know tim duncan and all that because he's too small but other than that like i just think that you know like you said i don't know if they're enamored by his block shots roberts but draymond green is the one and marcus smart are the guys you know um i was watching uh david letterman 
is still doing like this interview show yeah. on Wasn't cable. he playing ball with someone? He, it was Kevin Durant. Oh, Kevin, KD, yeah. KD, so he was doing this interview. KD, by the way, admitted in the interview, because he were talking about KD uh, is uh, selling pot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Illegally, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Letterman's like, well, do you, how often do you smoke? And Durant goes, well, I smoked before I went on this interview. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was great. That's it was great. Funny. He seemed a little bit like, uh, but Durant said this. We were talking about they were talking about trash talking. Uh-huh. And Kevin Durant goes, I don't trash talk players. I trash talk coaches. Mm. It's like he would do like this. Like he would get the ball and he'd dribble up the court and he would pass the opposing bench and he would say something to the other coach like. This guy's too small, man. This guy's too small. I'll I'll, I'll eat this guy alive. Right. I mean, you better make a change here because he has no chance. Right. Too small. Mm -hmm. Too small. Mm -hmm. That's good trash talk. I like that. No, I love it. Uh, That's a, uh, that is good trash talk. In other words, talking about your mama is one thing, but when you get into the head of the coach saying, "This guy's too small," yeah, talking trash. I mean, seven I feet tall, everybody's too alive. small. Well, exactly, seven but, feet. You seven like, feet tall, everybody's too joke. small. You can't have this guy on me. But I, I want I want to see that. I saw like uh, like little clips. Oh of no, it. they were doing shuffleboard. It was really a wacky thing, and you could tell that KD was feeling no pain. He was just having a good time. I know who I was thinking about, Larry yeah. King. Oh, Larry King. Uh, yeah, I said something yesterday, and I was thinking about this guy because um, Neil deGrasse Tyson mm-hmm. uh, was speaking. He had an interview with Larry King. The late, great Larry King? Yes, the late, great Larry King. And yes. he asked him something if he said, um, if you can do anything, what he says, live forever. Yeah. Larry mm-hmm. King said, live forever. Yeah. And Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of gave his explanation of why living forever wouldn't be as uh, enthusiastic, it wouldn't be as exciting as we think it would be. But I was just thinking, like, who else was, because the, the David Letterman mm-hmm. and then the Larry Kings of the world, those guys growing up watching them, I love them because um, I'm I'm doing something right now where I, I'm, I'm interviewing guys. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, Larry King, that's who it was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would definitely recommend, this was the wackiest interview I ever saw between yeah, I Letterman and Durant. They were getting on the court I together. and I saw he, he was, was so Durant. small. Well, he's not that, everyone looks small next to Durant, but I mean, it was just, yeah. Durant's sort of like, you're, you got, you're old. Like you're like a really old guy. You want to grow? You see that Letterman beard? Now. I love that beard. Like that Santa Claus. By the way, I got a great story about a Santa Claus beard on the other side. But first, first, let's find out what's trending right now. Brian Fenley is back. Yes, Steve and Catino with the wind. Hey. <laughs> yes. hey, hey, that is my little little trademark. Yes, little radio drop, as you guys are obviously aware of. So, as you've been discussing, PJ PJ Championship is happening, and as the wind has been picking up, so have the number of. Oof. Bogies. Now, Mito Pereira at one point, guys, thought maybe he's the runaway leader here. Was up by 10, excuse me, was up by four, was at 10 under. And now, three straight bogeys as he is now on the 11th, and he's at seven under for the tournament. What over on the day? That is two shots ahead of Bubba Watson, who bogeyed on 10. He is through 11. Watson at five under. So was Will Zalatoris, who was the 36-hole leader. And by the way, Zalatoris was four over on the front nine. So even with four over on the front nine, Zalatoris is two shots off the pace. Tiger Woods is well back. 
12 over for his week. That is because of a 79 in large part today, which included seven bogeys and a triple bogey. There was one birdie, a little bright spot for him on 15, but he is 19 shots off the lead with one round to go from Southern Hills Country Club. Major League Baseball is happening right now. We've got a couple games in progress, including the New York Mets, and they are taking it to the Colorado Rockies 5-1 in the bottom of the seventh. New York starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco, five and one third innings, seven hits, one earned run, four strikeouts. So he had a great day on the mound. The Mariners are going at it against the Boston Red Sox, 5-1 in favor of Seattle. They are in the bottom of the fifth. Also about to hit the bottom of the fifth, the Padres won. The Giants, nothing. San Francisco headed to the dish. One game that went final and also had some some news come of it beyond what took place as far as the scoring is concerned, and that was the White Sox-Yankees game. Now, the final score is 7-5 Yankees, but there was a benches-clearing brawl in this game, and now we're hearing why this was instigated and, and, and what started this, and White Sox Tim Anderson, after the game, was talking to reporters, and he said the reason that all of this got started and that teams came out and, and started to to Tiff was because Josh Donaldson called him Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. Now, Donaldson then went and spoke to reporters afterwards and said, yes, in fact, he did call Anderson Jackie, but then Donaldson went on to say that he said it as a joke between them and that it apparently in the well, what's the joke of, well, I, yeah. always when, I always love when people says i meant it as a joke and like well what's the joke i don't get it yeah so give it give us the joke josh yeah. what what exactly was the yeah, joke what did you mean what's, yeah, what's, what, the, what, what's the joke about calling him jackie well he, he also said guys he said he used to be it used to be used to be a joke he keeps saying used to be so again your guess is as good as mine, guys. So he thought that calling Tim Anderson Jackie was a joke or used to be a joke? Yeah, that, that was his answer when he was facing the cameras. I was amazed about that. I was, you know, everyone was like, well, it's meant to be a joke. I'm like, okay, well, if it was meant to be a joke, what was funny about it? Yeah. Isn't that the idea of a joke? Just explain it. That's all. Yeah. Explain the joke. Yeah, explain the joke. Funny how? I'm like, funny. I mean, what, what exactly is the joke? Yeah, exactly. You think it's funny? You think it's funny? I don't know. Good stuff. All right, very good. Back to you guys. Thank you very much, Brian. All right. Hey, I, I want to see. Uh, you see this picture here, Cat? Uh, see this? Yeah, I like that beard. John Daly. John Daly um, showed up at the PGA tournament this year. Of course, former PGA champion. He's 56 years of age right now. This guy uh, did not go to the champions dinner. It's not quite like the Masters champions dinner, but they have a champions dinner for returning champions. He skipped it to go to Hooters that night. <laughs> not kidding you. He showed up at Hooters. Wait, who went to Hooters? He did. He did. He, he showed up at Hooters. Uh, ate away. I mean, the guy basically he exists on cigarettes and diet cokes. I mean, look, and um, he's had some health scares, obviously. But people admire a guy like John Daly because he just lives it. Like he's not, his idea is I'm not worried about my expiration. I'm just going to do and indulge in everything I want to do until I can't do it any longer. Does he have kids? He does. Yeah. That's for me. That's um, it's very scary for me 
um, and talking to different fathers around the country now, what I'm doing in my in my uh, uh, um, my venture that I'm I'm, I'm embarking right now, uh, th- that to me is a selfish thing. Um, teach his own, but that to me is a selfish thing. I think you need to be as healthy and as as mentally aware as possible, right? Because you you have your kids, right? Like I I I wouldn't I don't even want to think. Uh, what life would be if I wasn't here for my my kids? There he is, right there. He's hanging out at Hooters. Yeah, I mean, hold on, wait, hold on. Let me see that. <laughs> yeah, see, there he is, and he's got. Uh, here he is uh, the other day, Hooters, living the dream. There it is. <laughs> he is living the dream. People love this guy, though. It's funny because yeah. here's another shot of him. At Hooters. He is beat red too. Where, where is he at? Jeez, Louise. Well, this was this was that this is well, it was very hot when he was playing down there in Tulsa, Arizona. Yeah, he's got a lot of pictures of himself with Hooters girls. Uh, yeah, what is this fascinating? What is? Yeah, he's he's everywhere with Hooters girls. What? Everywhere. How are you finding all the? What is this guy that, That's doing? actually his son, John Daly, the second there with the Hooters girls as okay, well. Okay, at least so he's got your teaching. son with him. Uh, he was also gambling. There he is uh, playing the uh, At casino. least he's got his son with him. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Uh, yes, Sam, you want to enter in on the John Daly conversation? I, did, I had this story earlier today with uh, Jonas Knox as part of uh, one yes. of our, our segments. But, like, my dad has a term for a guy like John Daly. Mm-hmm. He, um, he says, ride hard, put away wet. You know, like <laughs> like you ride life hard and then you put that life away wet, like you're right. throwing something into the cabinet and it's not quite dried out yet. Like, right. I mean, I don't know, yeah. Steve, could you smoke a pack of cigarettes, drink, you know, 12 Diet Cokes, eat several bags of peanut M&Ms and, well, and, and, no, and, and no water, no and, water at all and, yeah, and then the, live to tell the tale? Well, I don't Ti- think you could. T- Tiger actually told the story of playing with JD, as Tiger calls him. And it was the last time the PGA was at Southern Hills and it was in August and by all accounts, it was as hot a major as they've ever played temperature-wise. It was 101, but the actual heat index was way beyond that. And Tiger was just, you know, like everybody else, guzzling as much water to stay hydrated as possible. He said he played with JD first couple of rounds and that he existed. He smoked 21 cigarettes. That's what he did on, he on Thursday. He had 12 Diet Cokes, ate six bags of peanut M&Ms. No. And no water. No way. And and that's that must how be his regimen. Yeah, that's what he did on Thursday. It was this exact yes. same stuff. There, see, that's not him a drop right of water. There. That's his son right there, John Daly the second. And there he is with his dad. Wait a minute. No way. <laughs> that's one. That's more than one cigarette per hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. So I how he's you know he's fifty six years of age. Uh, he's carrying a lot of extra baggage these days, weight wise. I don't know. I mean, you feel like a guy has a death wish, or I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last long. You yeah, understand? I think it's hard that. to break habits, right? Especially when you're in these like different realms of life. Well, you can, but if it's a matter of life and death, there's been a lot of people that have been faced with. Uh, I'm sure doctors saying, if you continue like this, you are going to expire. Okay. Yeah. It's it, you think of your body. How like old a, is he? Fifty-six. Oh, he looks still, like he's about 70. Yeah, he's so he's uh, eight years younger than me. Does he look eight yeah, years younger? Yeah, he's younger? still young. He, I don't <laughs> understand it. No way. Yeah, yeah. There it is. But like, you know, mean, he has a he has massive appeal to like the, oh, the, com- the, the common but American man because, who works because, hard and wants to live hard. But here's the thing. Exactly. In it's other crazy, words, bro. 
the fact that he has decided to live a life where I just don't give a damn. I don't care. <laughs> I am just going to indulge and do whatever you I want. You can still do the same thing. still feels good, which I don't understand and, after and, eating and people, all that stuff. And, and people, Listen, you can still do the same thing in moderation. You don't no, have to go crazy like that. No that is moderation for him. Yes. Uh, that's just crazy. That's his bro. routine now. We got he hydrates that. with Diet Coke. <laughs> I, listen, I, listen. I may. I don't know what happens to me. I'm listening. This, tomorrow's yeah. not guaranteed. But no. at the end of the day, no. come on, man. Okay, are you going to call John Daly and ask him to get up at 5 a.m. with you and do yoga? Yeah, man. Because <laughs> that's come your on, routine. John. Come oh, on, John. My. Get in a sauna. Mm. You're going to live to be Robinson. 98. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. My grandfather lived to be 94. Yeah. All right. Well, you're on track. Did yeah. he uh, overindulge in anything? Because my grandfather. Fit. My grandfather lived... was cut up like a julienne salad. I'm telling you. Yeah, he was so my grandfather who like that one? my like grandfather that? lived to be ninety seven was sharp my, mentally all well, the way yeah, to the yeah, end. Because you see, when you were vampires, <laughs> no, 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 you got he vampires. Wasn't that. But he, he he was a big believer in everything in moderation. He didn't, but he lived basically on um, cheese and broccoli soup and cookies. Cheese, broccoli, and he soup, never broccoli. ate a salad. Like the, 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 there was no salad. Uh, the he broccoli wasn't covers that. Yeah. No garlic, but uh, but it had to be uh, literally uh, swimming uh, in yeah. cheese. You know, like the cheese bath for the broccoli. Yeah, he loved that. Yo, you're gonna be sharp forever. You, you me, Steve. You yes. think forever? Really? Forever? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, you're going to outlive Al Davis's wife. <laughs> <laughs> no one will outlive Al Davis's wife. Carol no. Davis will live forever. Um, by the way, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later on. We had big news last week about the Raiders that seemed to fizzle out. All right, coming up on the other side, we get back to this PGA Golf Championship. What's going on there? Maybe I tell you what, we'll do that T detour in what was a big story last week about the silver and black. Coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Catino Mobley, Fox Sports Saturday. I'm going to bring on our brilliant producer, Danny G, for this conversation. By the way, did you see this note about the Raiders have by far the most expensive tickets on the secondary market in the NFL. Look at this story. Ready for this, Cat? I'm listening. I'm the listening. average Raiders home game at Allegiant Stadium for the upcoming season, the average ticket on the secondary market is going for $595 each. <laughs> now, to put that number in perspective, the second highest secondary market Average ticket price, the Dolphins at $387. How good are the seats? This is just an average ticket. Wow. 
I mean, to give you an idea, over there at SoFi, Chargers, Rams, they're checking in about $360 on the secondary market. They got to make that money back. But the Raiders, $595. Now, what makes this number even more startling is that the Raiders have had exactly two winning seasons in the last 20 years. Well, but a lot of these tickets are being bought up by visiting fans. Yes, and the fact is they play in Vegas. And this brings up a much bigger story. In you can terms do that, too, when you only have like 17, 18 weeks. Right. Right? All those people as well. How many people go to Vegas per week? Like 40, well, 40 million? I don't know. Well, crazy. depending on Something the schedule like with that? a 17-game schedule, either you're getting eight or nine home games and right. not counting preseason games. So you can do that there. You can't but, do that nowhere else. But here, here's why this is a big indication of what's happening with the NFL and the current ownership of the Raiders, that being Mark Davis. And why it is, a week ago, the New York Times did a hatchet job uh, on Mark Davis Uh, saying that they had employees talking about misbehavior of the owner, which, of course, knowing Marcus, I have over these many years, didn't surprise me. But the league wants him out, partly because of who his father was and everything Al Davis put this league through in terms of lawsuits and everything else. But also, Mark doesn't have the personal wealth outside of his share of the franchise, which at about 40%, his family do the math. Um, but this is still one of the most valuable franchises in the league, especially with them planted in Las Vegas. This points it out. So when, when you see the secondary market, people traveling, right? And if you were one of these people and you got money and you look at your team's schedule, where do you want to go? You know, for years, San Diego was a beneficiary of that. People like to go to San Diego. But this is Vegas. Who doesn't want to go to Vegas, right? So when you see the fact that the the secondary ticket market for the Raiders is double just about anybody else, woof. Yeah, it's insane. You want ownership that can max out the brand value that the Raiders have for the NFL, which is sizable. Well, and speaking of being one of the most marketable brands in the NFL, in the pre-show meeting you mentioned about the Broncos, if they sell – they could get, what, $5 billion? And it's only going up. The bidding is going up, 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 yeah. up, up for the Broncos. And so with that brand new Death Star Stadium mm-hmm. and the Raiders logo and brand, as worldwide famous as it is, it could go, what, $7, 8000000000 billion? Oh, they've already put out articles. The days of a $10 billion franchise in the NFL are not far away. That's Elon Musk territory right there. I mean, when you think about the reported Tom Brady deal with Fox Sports, that they're going to pay him $37.5 million a year to do uh, 10 football games? What's crazy to me is that he I've never seen him do commentating before. Because he hasn't. So but I, he's Tom Brady. Yeah, well. So they're... they're, they're I they're, mean, the best one on the, that came in you know, out of the blue is Tony Romo. He, like, predicts plays. Like, that's well, crazy. that was his hype early on. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean... But, it, but what it illustrates, again, is you say $37 million for a guy, Tom Brady's going to do how many games? Ten. Well, I mean, he well, maybe let's say he does a full season. So he does 18 games. Maybe a play. Maybe he does 20 games. That's amazing. For $37.5 million I mean, per what you, year. But what, you, what, you, what you're paying for mm-hmm. is his experience and his name. That's well, what you're, you're paying people for. Gonna, the, exactly. People love him. He's quirky. He's funny. I, I love him. You know. Well... We don't know how funny he is. Yeah. All right, so he's, he's suddenly big on social media. 
But this is like the Peyton Manning phenomenon, right? You know, Manning, he's Peyton's a funny guy. Funny. funny. is funny. You know why? Okay, okay. He's got people behind him writing the scripts. No, he don't. Yeah. You okay. still got to act, though, Steve. Well, I'm, I'm going to show you. I, Steve, you still got to act a little bit. Well, Come on. You, you do. He does it. But why do you think he didn't accept a a, a normal job? All right. See see this guy? See that Peyton Manning yeah. with me? Yeah, see yeah. that? All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's a tall guy. Yeah. Right. Um, He's not a funny guy. Like, you meet that guy, you're like, that's not the guy that I've seen on TV. Yeah. And he knows that, by the way. Um, I think Tom Brady, it, because, look, there's never going to be another John Madden. Right. Madden was a natural. Madden had appeal across the board. Right, right. But I think the bigger point on the Tom Brady is, you're right, they're paying for his name, and it just also shows you there's just no limit to the money. <laughs> At all. There is no limit to the money in the NFL. Everybody's going to tune in and listen to him. That's it. By the way, there's no limit to the money that college athletes are going to get paid. We'll get into that coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good time in the world of sports. Very much into the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball. There's always NFL news, as you just heard our latest update on the Raiders. Uh, in fact, we're going to be joined here shortly by Matt Verderam is going to be joining us. We'll talk some more NFL with Matt. And we got golf going on. The PGA Championship, this uh, Mito Pereira, who looked like he might run away with this PGA, has bogeyed four of the last five holes. It is cold. It is blustery. It is nothing like yesterday. Last Yesterday, the high was 88. Today, it's 57. That's quite a drop in temperature, and it is a tight leaderboard right now. So uh, we'll continue to update you on what's happening out there. Uh, it was a rough day for Tiger, to say the least. Very rough day for Tiger. But I will say this about Tiger Woods. I mean, to me, it would have been so easy for him, Katina, just say, you know what? I just can't do it. I'm going to have to withdraw. No quit in the sky. It doesn't matter how poorly he played. He did, he did get a birdie late, and it was great because he gave the old – you know, um, what was it? Uh, you remember Danny Noonan in Caddyshack? Oh, no, no. It was Chevy Chase. Ty. Ty, when he uh-huh. did the old finger down that he went in the hole. Remember that? Yes, I think so. That's what Tiger did when he finally made uh. a birdie. He did that. He was walking toward the ball. The crowd was erupting that he finally made a birdie. And he did the old... Like with that echoing Caddyshack, yeah, right out of Caddyshack. I I love this new Tiger man. He's been great. Um, anyway, so we got a lot of things going on today. One thing I wanted to talk to because we haven't had a chance to talk in quite a while, Cat, is uh, what's going on with college athletics right now. I mean, it is absolutely nuts. And Nick Saban, 
Nick Saban's got some. He's out of pocket. Yeah. Well, here's 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 the problem that Nick Saban's got right now. Now he shouldn't have gone after Texas A&M or Jackson State or any of these other schools that he's saying are buying their players. Please, please. Yeah. Alabama's been buying players for thousands of years. Okay. The whole dynamic of buying players. The only difference now is is now the money's up front. You know, buying players has been going on forever. So don't don't give me that whole buying players and everything else. But I also understand this if you're Nick Saban. Look at the landscape if you're a coach right now, and I'm just going to target football and men's basketball. Right. So you got these transfer portals. It used to be you're recruiting high school players, right? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, there were a thousand players in college basketball in the transfer portal. There were two thousand football players. So you have to start think about your recruiting process right now. Not only are you, you know, all over the country looking at all these high school players, you're also suddenly looking at these transfer portals like, oh, wait a second here. Here's a guy. I mean, it's just amazing. We have this pit receiver, wide receiver, who won the Blednikoff Award last year. He is immediately transferring to USC. And because yeah, Jordan Addison, and and he doesn't have to sit out a year. That's good. The first time he transferred, no sitting out a year. Right. So he leaves Pitt. Now he had Kenny Pickett, who, of course, was one of the top quarterbacks in the country yeah. last year. Right. And he's gone, right? He goes to the NFL. Kenny Pickett went to uh, Pittsburgh. Pitt. So this right. this was the receiver at Pitt who won the Bletnikoff, top receiver yeah. in the country. So he's like, yeah, he's gone. I'm not eligible for the NFL draft yet. So I'm going to enter the portal. And where is he coming? Right here to L.A. He said USC. Mm-hmm. Or Lincoln Riley just scooping up players all over the place. He takes over, leaves Oklahoma, comes to USC, and they're just scooping up players. He brought his quarterback with him from Oklahoma. And now we're hearing that in the state of California, and by the way, remember this whole name, image, likeness thing really started in California because once they gave the thumbs up, Every other state either had to follow suit or get left behind, yeah, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. But now California's taking a next step. So now what they're saying is this, is the universities, with any money that is brought in in revenue through their ties and their athletic program, half of that now has to be shared with the players in the revenue-generating sports so someone was doing a little math at USC saying, do you realize now the USC football players are going to get like a base salary of $200,000 and they can earn money on top of that with their own individual NIL deals. Right. So Bryce Young last year, the quarterback at Alabama who won the Heisman before the season, never started a game at Alabama. And Nick Saban had said, like, my quarterback who hasn't started a game yet is going to make a million dollars this year. Imagine how much money he's going to make this year. Because he wasn't eligible for the NFL draft, he's coming back. So how do you feel as a former college athlete to suddenly see, because for years this goes back to Ed O'Bannon, our buddy Ed O'Bannon is the one that got this whole thing in motion about name, image, and likeness, and how is the university still using my name, image, likeness, or profit, and I'm not seeing anything from it. Um, To the point now where some people are saying, this is Pandora's box been open. All hell's breaking loose. Nick Saban basically indicating this is ruining the whole sport and everything else. How do you how do you feel about this as a former college athlete? First of all, Nick Nick Saban is a hypocrite. Okay, mm-hmm. um, as amazing coach as he is, uh, it, it, I, again I don't know him personally, and I don't know exactly what he's done throughout his years to become the Nick Saban that everybody knows. 
but I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> for him to sit there and throw other people under the bus, this is what I was talking to you during a break about a fraternity. Yeah. And when you have a fraternity, you keep your mouth shut. Be a man. Keep your mouth shut about anything like that. And as you know, there's universities, there's uh, companies that's paying universities hundreds of millions of dollars for t- for teams to uh, for kids to come to play uh, uh, for commercials, for uh, t- TV uh, um, contracts, all this different stuff. And you know, for years that we weren't being compensated as athletes. But the coach can the coach can make millions of dollars and leave that next year and go to another school for a better paying job and maybe a uh, you know a better environment for himself. But then we have to sit back. I I love how it is. I, I'm in I'm in California, of course, and I have a son who's 12 years old. I mean, you've seen him, Miles, and he's beautiful. Yes. I mean, he's he's an athlete. I, I I want those opportunities for him. All right, so let's 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 talk. I mean, I love. How about this Bronny because... James? Bronny James probably making five to ten million dollars right, right now. Let, forget Bronny. Let's talk about your kid. All right. All right, because you're you're going to be you're going to be looking at this right now. Mm-hmm. If he's got his dad's athletic genes, which I, I'm sure he does, yep. um, he's going to get a recruit. And and what's happening now with these recruits are as they sit down with these individual schools. Now it's a different game. Mm-hmm. How much money can my son make? What's your offer? What 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 deals do you have for me right now? This is it used to be you know under the table. Here's a few extra yeah. bucks. Yeah. Forget that. This is all up up front. All of a sudden. So, as his father, when you're faced with that, a few years down the road here, it's going to happen quick. How are you going to handle that? Do you, and will you be comfortable when you said, all right, well, give us your best offer. What do you got for my son? Yeah, so, I mean, I think a lot of that comes with um, the experience of having money, losing money, and then getting money again. So, for me, I'm thinking about strategies where I'm um, ownerships of certain things, whether we're in a fund, where our money's in a fund and it's growing, uh, whether we're buying uh, real estate somewhere, or, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing these different types of amazing things to be able to grow our money. So, by the time I was just like, you know, 18, 21, 25 years old, he has that business mind, and his body, his name, and everything is is that brand, and he's living through those type of things. Like think about it, like you know, it's new money for these guys, and they're going to mess it up a little bit. But when you have these different systems in place for them while they're getting that money to learn how to do, I mean, listen, they have it's so many things out there right now to make money. And if you're putting your money in, uh, you know, hopefully it's not dumb money. Dumb money meaning like I don't even know what I'm investing, but I think your idea is great. So I'm going to put my money into your idea, right? <laughs> That's what we did a lot when we were younger. Yeah. I'm putting my money into someone else's idea and you lose money. Um, I think with me being a little more mature now, uh, the older I am, I can help my son and guide him. Yeah, you're going to have, you know, maybe want a nice car, or you want uh, sneakers and clothes, then, excuse me, the normal stuff. But. I think for a lot of these kids or a lot of these younger men, uh, uh, it's a great opportunity, one, but two is it's helping you understand money at a very young age. That's from, for me, that's what I love about it, right? Because you're going to mess up. I, I don't care if you do have money, a lot of money or not. There's guys that are 20-something years old that's on Wall Street, and they, they burn through their money, right? Because they know they can make money. Another part of this, obviously, is social media. Mm-hmm. So, again, when we talk about the investment in name, image, likeness in these young athletes, at least initially, a lot of it had to do with, well, how many followers do you have on your Instagram? You know, how many? Because then we can see that, you know, you're reaching a lot of people as opposed to actually what you're doing on the field or on the court. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this may evolve. I'm sure everything will evolve and everything else in terms of it's sort of a feeling out process like, okay, I'm investing money in this kid. Mm-hmm. What am I getting from it? Am I getting a return on my dollar? Is it working for me? You know, mm-hmm. and we won't know this for several years. It takes years to really, you know, sort of. But I mean, if if you let's say your son, 
And I don't know if he has any involvement in social media at age 12, but I mean, let's let's project to his 16, 17 years old, and suddenly you're getting approached and they're saying, hey, we want to put some money in your son's pocket, but we need a little more on social media. As his father, is that something you would encourage at a very young stage in their lives? Or how exactly would you approach those that want to do business with your son in terms of how much you will actually allow him to do? Yeah, it's a good question. It's it's very tricky. Let me tell, explain to you why. It's the same thing when it comes to being a pro first time, for mm-hmm. the first time. And if you're if you are a stable, you know, secure, uh, mentally strong father or mother, then you you're kind of it's a little more work, but you got to guide your kids and your your young adults to that promised land of whatever it is that they need to you know meet. Um, for me. Um, I, I try to tell, I try to explain to my son every single day of what you do, right? So whatever you do, there's consequences or there's whatever rewards, whatever it is. So, and when you're putting something on the media, I have to tell him he's, he has TikTok, right? TikTok is a new thing for all the younger kids mm-hmm. and uh, actually for adults as well now, right? If you, you post four times a day, the algorithm shows and then before you know you become popular, you keep posting after six months or whatever it is, you have more followers. And um, Gary V explains a lot of that. But, you know, for it, it you can't, you can't go against it. It it it's going to happen regardless. I don't care how old we get. So what you gotta do is now you gotta prepare for it. So Instagram, IG, Snapchat, Miles, it's okay to 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 post certain things, but it has to have some type of essence, right? Is this does this represent who you are? Mm. Right, like those things. And like it becomes like more of a business now. And and I like it's like I said before, Steve, just like your son, right? He he understands what, what where was where a, a Paradise Grove or something? Where, yes, yeah. a par- Paradise Cove. Yeah. R- Cove, right? So he's understanding the back office of how things are run right. in business at a very. He's young, got an even uh, a better job now in right, Malibu. But young and young <laughs> at a younger age, he's understanding yeah. these things. Yes. So you have to learn how to understand those things early. All right. Uh, on the other side, look at it into a little NFL talk. By the way, what's the latest on Deshaun Watson? What are we going to actually hear? What the plans are for the NFL in terms of when we're going to see him on the field. Matt Verderam is going to be joining us coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Harbin and Katina Mobley, Fox Sports Saturday. All right, let's do a little NFL talk right now. Joining us, national NFL reporter at Fansided, Stack in the Box podcast. Matt Verderam is joining us. Matt, it's great to catch up with you again and uh, let's get right to it right now because uh, there's a lot of noise coming out and we're all sitting there waiting for NFL to make a decision on the future of 
uh, Deshaun Watson. What what is the latest here? And is there sort of a deadline? You think for the NFL in trying to make a decision on what his fate is, at least for the 2022 season? Yeah, look, I think if you're the NFL, you'd like to get this wrapped up probably before training camp. I don't know that you want to go into training camp in a situation where Watson, unlike last year where he reported but really wasn't involved with Houston, he's going to be really involved with Cleveland. I mean, they just gave him $230 million guaranteed. So if he's not suspended on the commissioner's exempt list, he's going to be playing and so I think if you're Roger Goodell, if you're the powers of being in the NFL, you want to get this squared away one way or the other. Look, at this point, I've talked to Deshaun Watson. Uh, we know that any potential charges were, were nullified when he went in front of the grand jury, but there are a bunch of civil suits still out there, just shy of two dozen. So I would expect that the NFL is going to review all the facts one more time and conclude, look, here's the suspension. It's X amount of games. And then at that point, the next question becomes, what are the Browns doing with Baker Mayfield? Because let's say Watson, let's just say for argument's sake, he gets half the season, he gets eight games. Well, if you're Cleveland, you can win games with Baker Mayfield. Now, I don't know if Baker Mayfield wants any part of that, but you are in a situation where if you were to move Baker, you're going to lose a lot of those games. So it's a very interesting, unique scenario right now at the Browns. Well, what's interesting when you bring up Baker Mayfield is that's where the Texans were with Deshaun Watson last year. He right. wasn't suspended in the NFL last year. He did not want to play for the Texans, and they basically said, fine, you're not going to play. Uh, I think they may have found a decent quarterback in Davis Mills, but he was never suspended last year. He could have theoretically have played for the Houston yeah. Texans last year. I, you know, When you mentioned Baker Mayfield, I'm like, if I were Baker Mayfield, no, I'm not playing for you guys. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing one second on the field unless you give me what I wanted before last season, and that's a long-term extension on my deal, which obviously they're not going to do with the contract uh, they gave to Deshaun Watson. Just getting back to the Watson situation, though, the NFL still got to be sitting here saying, "We don't even know what's going on here. We got 22 yeah. several separate civil suits against him. You have one attorney that has publicly stated." They're going to see it to the finish line on each one of these civil suits. This could drag on indefinitely. Imagine if you're in the middle of the season and he has to testify for one of these civil suits when you got a game that week. I, I, I mean, I again, if I were the NFL, I'm, I, how do you even proceed with something like this? Well, and that's what makes it really hard, right? Like, I think in the NFL's perfect world, they would love to meet out whatever suspension's coming. And then at least that way, look, it's obviously always a talking point, but it's not, there's no speculation. It just is what it is. And then he'll come back at a given time, and it just becomes part of the story. And, and from an NFL perspective, at least there's not this constant chatter over what's going to happen. When is it going to happen? But you're right. The problem is, what is the NFL, one of their greatest fears in this has to be, Let's say they suspend him. No matter what it is, there are going to be people who say it's too much, it's too light, whatever the case. What if they suspend him and then something else comes out middle of the season? Then they've got to revisit the whole thing if, if it's something that is even worse than what is already you know, alleged to be out there. Um, you know, it, it changes everything. So I think it is a really, really unique situation. The other part of this, too, is the way the Browns structured the contract. Right now, if he were to be suspended for the whole year this year, he has to give up $1 million because right. that's his base salary. Next year, for all the rest of the year of the contract, 
it's $46 million as his base salary. Does the NFL in some ways want to punish Cleveland and say, hey, look, you guys structured this basically trying to do everything you could to lessen the financial penalty. Now, I don't, I don't know that the NFL is going to sit there and sit on this for a year to make that happen. I think that's probably a reach. But, you know, the NFL, it's a very unique situation. It, it really, there's a lot of nuance to it. Oh, absolutely. They could say, fine, we'll allow you to play the 2022 season. You're suspended for the entire 2023 season. And you'll lose out on $46 million. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go. Do you think the Trevor Bauer situation with the two-year suspension will have any bearing at all on how the NFL will proceed with Deshaun Watson? You know, every everything, every case, every circumstance is different. Um, I shouldn't say every circumstance. Every case is different. Every every person's situation is unique unto itself. And they are obviously different sports, but... I do think you'd be naive to sit there and say, look, whatever the NFL ends up doing with Deshaun Watson, fair or not, it's going to be compared to the way way Major League Baseball came down on Trevor Bauer. And if you're football, if you're Roger Goodell and company, you you don't want to come down light because you're going to get crushed for coming down light. I mean, that's just the way the world works these days. I don't don't think, even if even if there, it turns out by the end of all of this, when all the civil suits are settled, if there are no uh, more you know, criminal uh, charges that are brought and either you know, granted or dismissed in, in front of a jury, I think the NFL, their biggest fear is coming off like they're indifferent to it. I mean, we saw that play out now, different story, different situation, but years and years ago with Ray Rice, and they suspended him for two games, and then the video came out. And then the NFL suspended him indefinitely. Ends up being like twelve game suspension. I think the NFL and Goodell was the commissioner at the time when that happened. Like, I, I think their worst fear is that they come down light, and then either something else comes out, um, or or somehow some details get leaked on a civil suit. It, it really does make it very hard. I think they'd love to just be done with all this as soon as humanly possible, obviously. But I don't know that they can be. Uh, just because of how many different levers there are in all of these different suits. It's it, Matt. What's up, buddy? It's uh, Catino Mobley. Uh, it's 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 interesting. You guys are talking about this because uh, I remember when Kobe got into that situation with the girl in Colorado, and uh, the NBA actually backed Kobe, um, and he was still playing in games and going to court at the same time, um, and it kept Kobe sane. Uh, I mean, he he destroyed the rest of us for about two straight straight months, um, averaging like fifty at the time, but. Like so, let me ask you guys it's this: It's a fully right guaranteed right. But Steve, contract. Matt, let me ask you guys this: When someone gives you a fully guaranteed contract, especially the contract that Deshaun got, that means they did their due diligence. I don't understand. Why would you no, give that's someone? That's what the Browns are saying they did their due diligence. But I, I don't know, Matt. I mean, the every time this uh, attorney representing these twenty-two women opens his mouth, he he is saying, like for instance, you say, well, just give him money, let him pull him away. I mean, he says, well, wait a second here. You just signed, what, a $230 million yeah. guaranteed yeah, yeah, contract? Yeah. We want 22 women, want $10 million each. There you go. The real nuance of this is, again, first of all, we don't, we don't know what happened. We don't know how, how guilty or innocent he is of all the things that have been alleged, whether it be in the civil suits, whether it be in, in charges uh, that ended up getting dropped in front of the grand jury, which there are 10 of um, you don't know. And that, again, is part of what makes this so imp- – I mean, let's be real. This has been going on now for over a year. I mean, it's, this is so difficult to figure 
because you have obviously, of course, Watson and his legal team maintaining his position. You have you have twenty two civil suits all being represented by Tony Busby down in Houston, who obviously are maintaining their position. Then you have the NFL that's trying to figure out, okay, what is truth here? Well, how do you know what the truth is in in not only all the cases, but each individual case? I mean, you just you don't know. And as far as the Browns doing due diligence, listen. The Browns gave him $230 million guaranteed. In a perfect world, you'd say, yeah, they better have done all their due diligence because they're out $230 million guaranteed uh, if this thing goes wrong in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, what, what concerns me with the Browns, first of all, the, the history of that ownership is not exactly a, a flagship ownership. I mean, they have, they have not done a ton of things uh, perfectly, whether it be on the field, they've won one playoff game since they've owned the team, off the field, uh, you know, Jimmy and D. Haslam have have been, I would say, uh, questionable at times in the way they've handled situations. And in this regard, you know, I remember when he was introduced in Cleveland, and he goes up there and does a press conference. Jimmy and D. Haslam were nowhere to be found during the press conference. They ended up doing their own like satellite on Zoom press conference hours later after the fact. It's been it's been bizarre. It's been very odd the way it's been handled. And I'll say this, too, from a broader perspective, it puts a lot of teams going forward that are going to try to sign their young star quarterbacks in very hard positions. Because Deshaun Watson, who didn't play football last year for obvious reasons, got $230 million guaranteed. You think the agents for Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray aren't looking at that and saying, uh, yeah, we, we like a heck of a lot more. Because we're not dealing with anything off the field like that. And we have great players, too. Uh, it, it's going to really put some of these teams in a very, very tough position. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Verderam. That's V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. By the way, I see, Matt, where you picked every single regular season game, the postseason games, and the winner of Super Bowl 57. We don't even have to play the year. We just get re- Matt's got it all laid out for you. Every yeah. single game. That must have been quite a job. Matt, as always, man, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Hey, no problem. Take That's care. Uh, Matt Verderam there, NFL reporter for Fan Sided. Yeah, on his uh, Twitter account there, he's posting these picked every single game the entire season, which is quite a chore, to say the least. Uh, speaking of, joining us right now to find out what is trending is the tireless. <laughs> Brian Fenley. I thought you were going to say, Steve, speaking of a chore, let's get <laughs> to Brian. I was never going to do it. Brian is a man that's oh, so diverse. Uh, what do you make of uh, the, the – actually, it's not a lot of sunshine. It's been sort of mellow with our weather here. Um, it it, ha- it has. It's sort of similar to the conditions, in a way, to what we're seeing in Tulsa, Oklahoma yeah, yeah. at the PGA Championship, mm. where Mito Pereira – just 27 years old, Steve and Kat, you were talking about how this is his first ever PGA Championship. He ended what was a string of four bogeys and five holes, then goes birdie, birdie, then now misses a birdie attempt on the 15th, but he has the lead by two shots, eight under. Will Zalatoris, his playing partner in the final group, is at six under. Solo second. Zalatoris was plus four on the front nine. Cameron Young is into the clubhouse with a 67. He is three shots off the pace, had an eagle on 17. Bubba Watson is in a tie 
for fourth at four mm. under. Meanwhile, you've got Tiger Woods, who is in the clubhouse with a 79, which puts him in last place, a tie for last place, and has seven bogeys and a triple on his round. By the way, Will Salatoris just tapped in for par, a save there to keep himself at six under through 15 holes. Rory McIlroy is minus one, so he is seven shots off the lead with the third round wrapping up here with just a couple players left on the course. Meanwhile, in Major League Baseball, the Red Sox have tied things up with the Mariners. They're all square at five in the bottom of the seventh. Manny Machado went yard for the Padres, and they are trying to hold on to it. Now two to nothing lead against the Giants in what is now turning into the bottom of the eighth. And that game can be seen on FS1. The Cubs and Diamondbacks are stalemated at four, and they're in the bottom of the eight. The Marlins and Braves are just underway, scoreless in the first, although Miami does have bases loaded with two outs. And two finals to, to mention here, the Mets, they are winners against the Rockies, 5-1. to one, And the Yankees, Stonewall, the White Sox, 7-5. to five. DJ LeMahieu went yard with a grand slam to open up the scoring for New York. And by the way, Kat and Steve, as I send it back to you, how about the New York Yankees, 29-10 on the season, 15-4 at home. So far, so good for that team. And also from the other team in New York, the Mets. Back to you. Yeah, okay, here, here's how I am with Brian. Uh, so I'm already facing that, I mean, when, when the Yankees are playing well, I'm not happy, okay, because I'm not a Yankee fan. Um, you know, I'm a SoCal guy, right? Yeah. So, it, no, I don't like the Yankees. Uh, an even bigger nightmare for me, though, seriously, would be a Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors <laughs> NBA Finals. Um, as a Laker fan my entire life, my hatred uh, for the Celtics, no nose bounds. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was 11 years old when the Lakers lost Game 7 at the Forum. Jerry West, of course, was the only player ever to uh, be the Finals MVP on the losing team. I've never forgotten that. That's uh, a long time ago. Uh, and then I've already told you about my disdain for the Golden State Warriors, uh, a Bay Area team, also a guy from SoCal. So that would be my worst nightmare. You don't like Golden State? No. Tell in, me fact, in fact, in no, fact, Charles, Charles explained why he don't. You tell me why you don't. Well, I told you about Mr. Smug right off the bat, Steve Kerr. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, it's, it goes, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And uh, Brian, thank you so much for setting the table. For you this need to be here. a Clipper fan too, by the way, Steve. Uh, I don't know. I don't, Sit yeah. next to a Clipper. I, I don't. I don't. Just, the, yeah. the nerve, I, I know. The nerve I, of this in guy. Fact, in fact, I crossed paths with Ryan Hollins, who... Uh, was a Clipper for a couple of years after you left the Clippers. So, yeah, I've been seeing Clippers all day long. Um, I don't have anything against the Clippers. I really don't. I don't have any feeling, period, about the Clippers, other than the fact that uh, my dear friend Katina played for them. But that, my God. that aside. But here's the thing about the Warriors. So when they won that first championship, you know, it sort of came out of nowhere, right? And, you know, here's Steph Curry's the MVP of the league, and he's hitting all these three-point shots. It was like uh, watching the Globetrotters, you know, Curly Neal. Guys throwing up these 40-footers, and they're all going in. It was great news. It was entertaining. The next year, they win those 73 games, and they get to the NBA Finals, and there was already, I don't know, some kind of swag going on. I think part of it also was uh, the parading around of Steph's daughter. I thought that was way over the top. Riley? Yeah, I didn't want to see that. I got tired of that. And what did you but, want to see, little the, girl? By the, by the time, and then all of a sudden they were saying, 
Steph Curry's the best player in the league. And I'm like, what universe are you living on? The best player in this league is LeBron James. And when Cleveland came back and won that series down three games to one, right. I, I I don't know if I've ever been so happy for a team. <laughs> I was so delirious that Cleveland uh, won that series. In fact, I, we were doing the broadcast right here on the weekends. I was just giddy. And then the next year when Durant came in, forget it. I No, 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 no. And understand, I have known Clay Thompson. Since he was 14 years old. Exactly. What's the matter with you? And, you know, his father and I were partners on the air for years. And I you literally, literally don't Clay. want to root and for And I love the Thompson family, and I love Clay. Oh, gosh. And I root for Clay. Steve, we got to talk about this. But, I mean, the idea of a Warriors-Celtics final, for me, I can't root for either team. Irony. I can't, right? I can't root for either team. Yeah. Who do you root for? Celtics-Warriors. Who are you rooting for? Um, I like... Okay, so I'm. Uh, it's in between for me because I love that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and right. and those guys get a chance. Um, uh, well, I don't know if they're getting a chance. One thing play. I will say, I love Marcus Smart's game. Right. I, I love any guy that can play both ends of the court. Yeah. I uh, I, 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 I would love for. Um. I can't root for the Celtics. No way. I would love for Steph and them to win. I do. Oh, I would. Geez. I would. Insufferable. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not that big of a Steph Curry Some people, fan. There's more people that don't like Draymond's attitude. And Draymond things. doesn't bother me. He's probably the least of it. Steph bothers me more than Draymond. Oh, man, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Steph is babyface assassin. Okay, enough with the babyface. He's sweet. Annette, here, He's got a face here, like you. Here, no, here's... Uh, he doesn't have the bank account I have. I know that. <laughs> no. Did you see the last year of his deal, his current deal? I, uh, I want to show, show you some numbers here while we're just sitting here together. All right? I, I and and when I and and you know we oh, by the way guess who I ran into yesterday who uh, two time NBA champion turned college golfer J R Smith J so he was at a um, he got he, uh, he got honors so I was looking it up J R Smith made ninety million dollars in his NBA career ninety million and now he's got the NIL <laughs> as a college player here all right so Steph Curry's contract are you ready for these numbers here. So next year he's making forty-eight million, then he's making fifty-two million, then he's making fifty-six million, and the last year of his contract, this is guaranteed money. See that number right there? Yeah. That's the twenty-five twenty. What are you gonna be forty years old by then? It's Ooh, thirty-five coming up. He's gonna be forty. Fifty-nine million six hundred and six thousand eight hundred and seventeen dollars. Did you ever say chump change? Because I mean <laughs> chump change. Listen, if it wasn't for him, I'm gonna tell you this. Oh, he's making he, money on the side. That just no, that's but, his, but his like let's 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 this is the, the name image likeness thing. Think about this. All right. When how much can, by the way, how many games do you think he'll play there in four more years? He's got the perennial ankle problems, everything else. To, he's playing about six yeah, games. Yeah, but he doesn't miss games. Now. He doesn't miss games. Let's not do that. Well, wait a second. What you got a commissioner that's already made it clear we gotta do something about this load management. Yeah. Well, uh, did you I gave you did you hear this stat of the top 29 scores per game, points per game in the NBA this year. Top 29. They played at least half the games this year. Top 29, five played 70 or more games. Yeah. Five out of 29 played 70 or more games. I want this on the other side because this is a guy, ladies and gentlemen, Katino Mobley, who averaged – over 37 minutes per game for his entire career. You think this man took any time off? No. 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 There's no load management with Katino Mo. I want to hear from you coming up next. I'm tired. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Harbin, Katino Mobley, Fox Sports Saturday. I want to thank the crew today. Iowa Sam, very relieved. So I was having a, an event at my house that Sam felt slighted that he had not been invited. Well, that event actually, for circumstances beyond my control, has been postponed. I'll put it that way, postponed. So now there's still a chance, Sam. Still well, a I'd, chance. I'd be very... Hmm. Grateful to receive a uh, an invitation. Steve. Imagine, imagine if you had like a full day of Denise cooking for him. What oh, do you yeah. think about that? I'm already over there. I don't know about y'all. I'm in. You know, the thing about Kat is he's had a couple of her sandwiches. She oh always likes to make a really good sandwich. I used to go over there after I work out. I work out up there. Mm-hmm. I used to go over there right after work out. Mm-hmm. Sandwiches are incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I was actually just looking up. Uh, I was trying to find a little highlight of you, Katino. Maybe we have to get something in the works for uh, next time you're in the studio. Yes. You guys are speaking to Sam, who's attended 17 weddings so far this year. He That's is. Right. In fact, right. I am yeah. stunned to see him today. <laughs> Sam you would. a wedding crusher? Oh, he, oh would, he, he literally shows up at weddings of people he doesn't know. Yeah. He would attend the opening of an envelope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always, been to two in four months. No, you haven't. Uh-huh. February and May. Or April. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if Brian Finley's been as many weddings. I don't know what Brian's social life is like these days. Uh, but, Brian, thanks for your help today. And, of course, Danny G. We know one thing about Danny. He's very consistent. His world evolves around the silver and black, Dodger blue. He's got uh, his loyalties. Not a lot of weddings recently, Danny? Nothing like that? Nope. A couple of divorces, though. <laughs> Which is always a good party. Yo, they're, um, good. they're good to go to, too. Actually, today is my wedding anniversary. Uh, of course, I've been divorced for eight years. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, 28 years ago today. I saw my kids, all my kids today, and I reminded them, had it not been for that wedding, they wouldn't even exist. So, oh there God. you go. Well, I can't say There's that. There's reason to celebrate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. can't say that. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of reality. Um, all right. I want, I'm want. i glad we brought this whole thing up because I was bringing up, uh, well, I mean, some of the finances around the NBA, uh, especially when we consider how few games guys are playing. And when, when Adam Silver, one thing you know about Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, he doesn't just say things for the sake of saying things. I mean, there's a purpose. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he finally brought up that we've got a problem with load management we got a problem when our stars are sending out more games by far than we've ever seen before. I mentioned, again, those players have played at least half the games this year in the NBA. Top 29 scoring average per game 
only five played as many as 70 games. Right. No one was even close to 82. Now, Cap, part of your folklore in the NBA, uh, and you are still top 20 all time in the history of the NBA. You can look it up. Minutes per game. That's right, baby. For a career, over 37 minutes per game for your entire NBA career. So you're a guy that came and showed up. That was pretty good. You're hurting. You're very I'm like Wolverine. But but my point is, (laughs) if I'm the commissioner, I'm going to talk to you and say, all right, Kat, you were a player that showed up every game. Mm -hmm. You played them all. You're playing the games. You're out there. You're playing the minutes. You seem to survive quite nicely. I still see playing the game you know, all these years later, uh, how can I get my stars to actually show up for more games? By the way, I, I'll give you an example. So the Clippers a couple of years ago, Kawhi was playing, and I have a friend of mine, longtime friend. He's a season ticket holder. He got four seats for the Clippers, and he and he brought a big time client for one of these games the night before. Kawhi scored 37 points, and this guy specifically wanted to see Kawhi, so he treats his buddy floor seats and everything else. They introduced the starting lineup. Kawhi's in street clothes the night after scoring 37. He went directly to Steve Ballmer. Why is he not playing? Right. And Ballmer gave him a look like, it's not my call. Exactly. It's not. Not my call. Really? I'm paying a zillion dollars for these seats. I am giving one of me my zillion dollar seats to a friend of mine because he wanted to see him play. He scored 37 last night. He's not playing because... And the answer was because. Is that okay with you? Well, I'm listen, I don't know if it's okay. Uh, you're in a tough spot. Um, I th- Greg Popovich started this whole management thing. Yes, didn't he? late in the season. Late in the season, yeah. yeah. So late in the season. So now my thing is, it's like okay, you can do that. You can have a, a minimum of right. If you're not literally hurt, you can have a minimum of whatever it is. But now, if it starts getting obnoxious like it's doing right now, like you need to your pay cuts need it, it needs to be cut. A little bit because you know there's people that's out there that you know they save up to come see you and then you're in street clothes and mm-hmm. that you know and they're coming from different city states you know different countries and that, that's that's a little depleting. I heard Colin Coward suggest this that if you play uh, below a certain number of games, you're not eligible for any honors after the season. You can't be up for all NBA, all defense, all rookies, MVP, no awards. Yeah, if you play below a certain amount of games. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that, and I also agree with like because you because you know, there's money tied into because this and this really quick yeah. before we leave. You only as faithful as your options. So if you keep giving me excuses to be able to sit down, mm-hmm. guess what? I'm going to do it. It's, it's easier. I know one thing that's not going to change it. When people say, well, just reduce the season. It's too long. Let's go from 82 to 72. All right, instead of playing 65 games, I'll play 55 games. That's not going to change anything. If they have a reason where they could sit out as many games, still get their full paychecks, why would I show up? You only have faithful as your options. Cat, it's great to see you, man. My guy. How about that? Catino Mobley, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, for more fun, just keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.